let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. To a year, we're not alone either this week. We have been joined by uh, the rest, well, almost the rest of the Essex Massive <laughs> for, for this week's opinions. Um, guys, I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves rather than me doing it. So, to my right, okay, <laughs> by default, um, yeah, Justin Mason, 1970s boy. You've all heard me far too much on the Beer O'Clock Show, so I popped up today. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while since we, we rested you for. For a year or so, you did. Didn't, didn't <laughs> <we>? <laughs> I came back by popular demand oh, at one point. Yeah, yeah. after many appearances, um, and we've got somebody making their second appearance. Yeah, second. Uh, yep, yeah, me, Machinery, aka Half Pint Gent. Um, yeah, second time. Didn't get told to uh, to stay away after the first one, so must be right. <laughs> Welcome, guys. And this is, um, as I say, it's, it's a bit of a special show for us tonight because it is. Uh, almost a year to the day since yeah, we released. Yesterday was the exact yeah, year. It came up on my Facebook feed, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so almost a year to the day since we released the first opinions. Um, still going strong. Yeah. Just starting season four now. Um, and to celebrate our birthday, uh, Mr. Mason here let us raid his cellar. Um, didn't, didn't you? You sent us a list of what? That, there must be about 30 beers on the list. Yeah, I had a quick scan around to see what I could get my hands on quickly. Um, on Saturday evening and put it out late Saturday or early Sunday late Saturday late wasn't Saturday. it yeah just to get you to have some have a few choices um, luckily I have some good ones quite near the top let's drink them excellent um, well we're fine with that yeah no problem looking, yeah. At, looking at the beers that are on the table and we'll, we'll get to them as we get yeah. to them I think rather than that's what they are so the first one we've, we've got is the one that we, we opened the show with Sierra Nevada, Bigfoot, Barley Wine Style, Al from, and this was from 2013. Um, so, um, what, what are your thoughts about this one? I'm really enjoying it. Very soft. Yeah, very soft. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Justin already mentioned it when we started out there. Real big notes of brown sugar, but it's not cloying, is it? It's really smooth. Mm, it's not chewy. No, it, it actually just smells and tastes and feels like it's just aged well rather than gone yeah because mm-hmm. I had a few American barley wine style because that's what it says isn't it barley wine style yeah rather than be barley wine it's a US style yeah. barley wine and it just started character. to go and it's just going to be a bit of a sweetness mm-hmm. whereas this hasn't done that at all I would never have thought about ageing this though. So, so you've had this one for four years yes. and you, you, you were saying you, you bought a few of these when, when you got it have, have you had any of that batch previous to now no I bought these specifically to age okay Okay, well, we'll come to that then. Yeah, we will we'll come on to that because that, that's that I wouldn't have thought I would never have thought about doing that uh, as well. So um, let's let's start off because we have we have been off air uh, with the regular podcast for about <laughs> six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, yeah we, we've put some other content out while I've been off air, but um, in that time, quite a lot has happened. So but yeah, we missed it all. We did miss it all, but we'll come on to all <laughs> of that as, as, as well. Um, just do a, a quick roundup of, of what we've all been up to. Uh, over over the summer, so um, Martin, you, you go for it, mate. Because I know you've got quite, f- yeah. quite the list. I had, had a few. So just a, a top five for me, uh, in no particular order in the in the best uh, best run of the game shows. So basically, a weekend in London at the uh, mid August June, centered around GBBF, but also uh, went to the Colonel Tap Taker at 
I got to sample lots of fantastic uh, Colonel beers. And that was with uh, family, friends and Michelle for the whole weekend as well. Leeds International Beer Festival that went to on Friday with yourself, Steve, and with uh, listener of the show, Clayton, our, our art director, creative <laughs> talent. Yes. And um, Chapel Beer Festival with Michael, followed up soon after the uh, Leeds International Beer Festival. Never going to be the most exciting beer selection at the Chapel Beer Festival, but the Saturday afternoon is a bit of a tradition for me and Michael. I've got a question about that. So I heard that they usually take all the trains out of the old train shed. Yeah. I heard they weren't doing that this year. Yeah, they did. Did it affect the festival? It did for me. Because um, basically what they, they have two sheds, the good shed and the restoration shed. And the restoration shed is where all their, their hard work goes on. Mm. Um, but talking to a few people there, because I popped in on Tuesday night, um, it takes a month to clear it out. Then you festival for five days and then a month to get it all back together. So basically they lose two months mm. of work for a five day festival. So they had a marquee up in front, but for me it did lose a little bit of its... Uh, Magic. Yeah, because that's one of the things that sets it apart. I've gone to loads of beer festivals under a marquee. Me and Michelle also did a Friday night out in South London a few weeks ago. Popped into Four Pure, Brew by Numbers and Bolt Shop and had some fantastic beers in all three of those places. And uh, the new taproom at Brew by Numbers is lovely. Really yeah. worth a visit, really nice. And uh, finally, uh, Adams Meet the Brewer Night at the Rumsey Wells in Norwich, where uh, Ed Razzle uh, was there presenting a few beers, including a version of Ghost Ship, uh, quaintly titled Double Ghost Ship, which I, I was rather excited about. Mm-hmm. And how was it? I enjoyed it. it. The only thing, it was probably a little bit un- under-attenuated, and uh, you know, Ed, Ed admitted it, you know, trying to get the balance right and getting ready for the festival for that evening as well. Um, but it, I still enjoyed it, still had a lot of ghost ship characteristics, just didn't quite have that same life that the really good cast version has. So that's, that's my beer adventures. I've got a few beers, but I'm going to let someone else speak for a minute. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next? Matt, been, been up to much this summer? Uh, yeah, loads. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a couple, some of the highlights. Uh, I did two events at the Prince, uh, both for Matt Curtis's. One as press, one as paid. Um, there was Dudesen, uh for a dinner, the Belgium uh, brewery, which was excellent. Uh, and Magic Rock, which was brilliant. Uh, the whole night was great. It was, the best thing was uh, the amount of cask beer from Magic Rock, and it was like a delight to try some of those beers. I, I think they were first times trying those on car so that was, was that, the that was great. food pairing it was yeah it was they're really good events i like the way that matt sets it up he kind of hosts the night but kind of uh directs where it's going so he'll say a couple of things and then uh the guests uh which was richard from magic rock um would just talk um and then you had the food yeah it was great it, it was well worth the money when i paid it uh and i'll definitely go back again um, I also went to the Brew My Numbers new tap room the other Friday night with my friend and okay. I thought it was great. It's lovely space, yeah, isn't it? really good. Um, yeah, other than that, just going to lots of different pubs and kind of falling in love with the pub again. Justin, anything from you? Um, yes, I did my usual, I've done my usual tour of Essex um, pubs and breweries over the summer uh, with the family, go out for a visit somewhere, something new the other day, Steve. Um, Whitton Crescent Temple Barns. We oh, yeah. there, isn't it? Uh, I've been up there a few times. It's we not got much around there, though. No, no, you can. If you're he- heading back this way, then yeah, you go by Chelmsford and up and across. There's there's a few pubs yeah. dotted about. Um, I had um, a pint of um, Ridley's Wright, the um, Bishop Nick. It was runner up in the 
Great British Beer Festival. To be perfectly honest, I didn't think an awful lot of it. Uh, Bishop Nick do much better beers, to be perfectly honest with you. So um, it was pleasant enough, but I, I had better beer. Um, went up to, also went up with a family, went up to Tate Modern, um, called in by a craft beer, and we finished it Mason Company, um, just for food. Uh, me and my wife and the two kids and it just so happened to be a Northern Monk Tap takeover and I didn't know honestly did not know it was there did, did, the, family, did the family believe that <laughs> come on absolutely yes but no way the family believe that my wife would have been sure because I would have been on about it all day we must go there we must go there and I understood because I actually gave her the option should we go home or do you want to go somewhere she went no we go we go there the kids are like it and they did to be perfectly honest um, it's a nice space, isn't it? It is a yeah. lovely space. What was yeah. the weather like when you were there? It was nice and sunny. Yeah, because I mean, you're looking out the onto the River Lee as well, aren't you? So. Yeah, we. I mean, we did sit inside with my daughter. Yeah. It was it was quite busy as you'd expect. The outside tables were taken. Yeah, out, right, but it's nice and open. They had the, the front doors open and it blew in again. Bump into Mac Curtis, who tends to turn up everywhere. Oh, actually, yeah, I forgot that. I meant I bumped into a brew by numbers as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wherever he is, it's sort of like it's Jack in the Box. He pops up wherever you are. Um, and um, they had quite an interesting summer holiday this year. We went to, booked it a couple of days before, but we flew into Budapest. Um, fantastic beer scene in Budapest. Um, really blown away by the friendliness of the Hungarian people. Um, Spectacular city, isn't it? Oh, it's an amazing city. Um, and they know their beer, and they're really good at brewing oh, it. I went there for my brother's steak night in 2012, and we didn't drink anything other than Naga. And then watched England lose to Italy on penalties. <laughs> well, it was fab. <laughs> I was drinking sours. I drank a beer that was brewed with thyme. Um, bloke put it pulled this beer and he this sour brewed with I think six kilos of thyme in this forty oh barrel drop. It was seriously heavy, but it was actually really, really balanced. Surprisingly, um, and yeah, they've got, they've gone for the murky thing. They've gone for sours. Um, I drank this fantastic beer um, called Mango Bait, which was essentially a mango blast on a digestive biscuit it was the perfect like breakfast shake of a beer it was gorgeous <laughs> sitting there looking over the over the danube drinking this beer in the sun lots of stuff some lo lovely people there um vienna i liked as well not so much the people but if you went a bit further out there were some lovely um, brew pubs further out and a place called Mel's in the city which was really accommodating to us um and then went on to prague um but there's no, not really much beer in Prague. Is there? <laughs> no, it's really, 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 really dull. Um, yeah, but I drank better. Drank some, some of the places you visited, especially in um, Vienna and Budapest, were fantastic, some of those bars. Oh, amazing. So yeah. didn't you win the last prizes prize off the back of one of those? I did. That was That's Mel's in uh, Vienna. So that's yeah. Vienna. Yeah. And, and now holds it for yeah. a, bit like, a bit like the Jules Rimet trophy. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, what about you, Steve? Well, in comparison to all that, I did pretty much fuck all. Uh, oh, come on. You drank lots of carling, I, though. I drank lots of carling. Um, the, the curse of the British holiday camp, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. But didn't uh, Carfest have Fuller's Pride? Um, Carfest seemed to be sponsored by, the bars seemed to be sponsored by Fuller's. So, they, and they were essentially selling it. Your two options were Frontier Lager or um, Unfiltered Pride. And, and I had a couple of pints from Phil Pride, and actually, um, out in the wild, in the, on, on on a hot day in the middle of a, a field, it's pretty much the perfect pint. So, so you can take almost everything I've said about it before, <laughs> uh, and, and 
actually put out there and you end up drinking it, it actually does the job. Especially with a few other options as well. Yeah, yeah, very, very few other options. So, uh, yeah, that was about it, apart, apart from going to, to Leeds Beer Festival. So come out, anyway, I didn't say much about it. What did you think, Leeds? Uh, uh, great, as, as always. Um, everything about it uh, seemed to be absolutely perfect from the fact that from the moment that you were queuing, um, there were people coming around, putting your wristbands on, getting you ready to go in when it opened, then they were selling tokens in the queue as well. So the minute the doors opened, you were in, and yeah. then you were able to maximise your, your time. How far there. did we get? We got as far as the first tent, which was strategically placed just after the entrance, <laughs> which was a fantastic surface tent that Magic Rock had <laughs> set up. So it was like the Magic Rock tent. We got about five metres, didn't yeah. we? Um, so we, that, that was where we had our first beer, and then we had a good look around. We went down and, and looked in the dungeons, down in the, in the old Leeds Town Hall. And yeah. Just, I, I just really, I really like the setup of the festival. I like the vibe of it. It just feel, felt really laid back and chilled, and it never at any point felt as though it was too busy. No, I think yeah. because it's got lots of the offshoots. Yeah. You're not in just one one area, but no, it definitely works for me. I'll definitely go back to it. Yeah. So, so quite, quite a quiet summer for me. I did also do a couple of weeks just off the booze at the beginning of it as, as well. So I just felt as I wanted to give my body a bit of a rest. Yeah, I, don't know, I think I'll give it up for a week as well. Yeah. So any beery highlights? So you've done the adventures. What, any top beers, guys? Um, any beers that really stand out in the last, during the summer? I had uh, Siren's Yulu, the tea beer on cask that oh, really okay. good. oh on cask yeah okay. um, I've read a lot of good things about it on cask uh, and it all lived up to that I thought it was I don't usually like tea beers either and I, I, I actually quite like that yeah, you're not a fan are you Steve you enjoy not the tea beers not really I, to me, I don't mind I mean, I'm a tea drinker I prefer the coffee mm. beers we, we wasn't massively sold when no. we tried it on the show last season either um, but we did, we did say that we felt as though it's one of those beers that could very much have its place on a hot day yeah you, you, you know you could drink loads of it tap, yeah. definitely anything else? Um, I also went to the Great British Beer Festival. I think my favourite beer of the day was St. Austell's Big Job. That's the stronger version of Proper Job. Yeah, Big Job. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. The biggest I, I one. Had that. Um, I, yeah, I had that one that day. It's nice. Yeah, that I was like it. by far my favourite, I think. What about you, Justin? Any beers that stood out? Yes, I had. Um, went to a local beer festival a uh, week before last and drinking local brewery, Brentford's Brewery, Mango Unchained on cask. Oh, that, that was very we, good. I had that as well. Yeah, I had Chelmsford. Chelmsford. Beer festival, yeah. Really enjoyed it, very drunk. had slightly too much of the Mango Unchained, so we'll draw a line under that. Um, <laughs> she was steamed. Hey! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> There's no need for that, is there? Yeah, over in Hungary, apart from the man scientist, the uh, Ricchetti beer um, lab, which was a uh, um, lemon and yuzu edge sour, which was really tart and delicious. Um, close to home, dark styles, not into yoga. Have you had that? Yeah, no, no, no. That's really good. Yeah, coconut tropical fruit punch, excellent. And it's surprisingly. When I was over at Ailes by Mail, have you seen the Discworld beer, the Drum Brewing, Brewing's um, Elspace Voyager? I tend to avoid all Discworld beers. It's, it's a new brewery, right? Yeah, they're brewing with um, Ramsgate. Mm-hmm. I've done it with them. Um, so, um, it's good there. But it's uh, a peanut and banana hefeweizen. And it's really clean and crisp, mm. but you can pick out the peanut and the banana. It's really, really well brewed. 
What about you, Steve? Any highlights? Uh, yeah, Kentucky Common Grounds. Okay, I'll cross that one on my list of ones to mention. Which has been um, a beer that I've had on my wish list for a while now. Um, and this is the Kentucky bourbon barrel-aged version of Magic Rocks Common Grounds, which they only do on keg and cask. They've, they've, as, as far as I know, there's no intentions of doing it in small packages uh, at the moment. So We had uh, it kegged, didn't we? We had it kegged, and I was thrilled that when we walked into that circus tent on Friday afternoon, it was on, <laughs> and, and I was literally like, gimme, 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 gimme. That was beer number one. Yeah, and... It was every bit as amazing as I as I hoped it would be. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was superb. It was just common grounds multiplied by this beautiful, soft sweetness from the the, the barrel aging. And only one percent more. Is that only up to seven percent? Yeah, yeah. Well. still still really high ABV for for the beer that it is. Yeah. But literally, if I could have gone higher than five on Untapped, I would have done <laughs> because it was that good. Oh, I, I've been. I went up to four point two five. Okay. Which for me. Which is, yeah, you're more, more conservative. <laughs> I, I tend to get very excited. <laughs> it was it was a beer worth getting excited over, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. So, I assume they've just taken common grounds and put it into bourbon barrels for three months. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it doesn't feel like it's been in there for long. It does It does seem to be a brew that's coming out fairly regularly as well. Uh, and what they've also done, and what I'm currently drinking at home as well, is they've then given the barrels back to Darkwood's Coffee to put coffee beans in for them to age back in the barrels that their coffee has been used in, so I'm, I've kind of got the coffee at home as well. Oh, so coffee from two brews? Yeah, yeah. That's, I've seen that concept before, I think that's a really good, really good idea. And, and it's the coffee's amazing, it's just got this kind of, you're getting all the flavours in there and then there's just this kind of soft vanilla flavour comes through at the end. It's just that it's absolutely perfect. It's a great little idea that they're doing. I'm writing this going on the list. Recycling <laughs> all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, that was on my list. That was number one on my list of beers to mention. I, I had the Living End bourbon barrel version on tap at the bottle shop from Buxton, and that was beautiful. Yeah, that, was, that made your uh, beer of the month list last yeah, month, didn't it? Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. beautiful, that was. Um, sticking with the high ABVs, an in, the Imperial Brown Stout London 1856 from Colonel. I had that at the tap takeover at Brewdog. I mean, that comes in at 10.1%, but again, like most beers from Colonel, it's just... Superbly drinkable beer, mm-hmm. and then in the third, so you convince yourself it's okay. Jaipur X in bottle. This iteration is lovely. I think it's really fresh and lovely. You're shaking your head. I'm not. I'm. You were shaking your head. I'm not. I was doing a. I'm in an R in head. Come on. Which was kind of more of a wobble than a shake. Okay. Um, which is all great audio content. Yes. For, for the people, people love the wobbling and shaking, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I. Still wasn't that fast. Really? By it, yeah. I thought this was the best I've tasted it. For me. I up the score. Went over, I may have gone over four again. Wow. And then um, at Chapel, they had Citra from Oakham, which made the wonderful last beer of the, of the afternoon. I'd resisted going there because I'd seen it a bit earlier. Well, shall I? Shall I? Yeah, I'm going to have it now. <laughs> so Citra, 4.2% from Oakham. Oh, lovely. Did it for you? Oh, yeah. It was, it's always tastes good though, doesn't it? Classic. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad send-off beer though, is it? No, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's the that's the beer adventures and highlights. It is. It is now. Um not not wishing to drag out what's gonna be an already long show in any way. People must have expected it after. They must have done, yeah. We should probably do another beer number two before we get into the next part of the show, I think. As as we like to call Justin, Dad, what are we having next? 
Um, we're going to go for the JW Lee's Harvest now. I'd, I'd advise uh, Rich and Glasses out, actually. So, so we all we all chose one of these each, didn't yeah. we? So from, you, from, from the list. Yeah, so Justin sent us a list and we sort of said what one we'd want from it. So so this is the JW Lee's Har- Hardies? Or? Harvest Ale. Harvest yeah, they release it every year. Basically, they take the best hops from the year. Um, I'll make it into a beautiful barley wine. Now, I can't remember how long. Now don't, don't, don't the folk in America go nuts for this bit? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they get it about, I think they get it, it's already two years old before they get it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how long they age this for. But when they send it out there, it sells out, doesn't it? Yeah, but over here it's kind of like almost... Well, yeah, isn't that, very quiet, isn't yeah. that one of the beers uh, when we've, uh, the, the, the beer nomical, when they've been talking to that trader guy, that beer's come up more than once, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to get sent down a couple of bottles by Connor, um, and he uh, sent me a 14 and a 15, and I think I've done the 15, uh, I still think I've still got the 14 to drink. And sorry, did you say what year this one was, Justin? 2010. Have you, have you got an older one? I have got an older one somewhere. What's your oldest? So, and this, this is your choice, isn't it? This yeah, yeah. The first, beer had, first beer that we had was Matt's choice. Yeah. Um, we've all chosen one, and there are a couple of other bottles on the table in case we run out of beer and we're still talking, <laughs> which is quite likely. Fair likelihood yeah. this evening. So that's very fair. So, so this is eleven and a half percent. This is now. This is um, obviously a classic British barley wine. Different nose. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's a bit more, a bit more earthen. That's what I was going to say. Definitely more earthy. I get cake. See, I'm getting yeah, lots of um, fruit cake. Yeah. Plums, raisins, prunes. Mm. I'm not getting, I can't get all of that. One, one at a time. Yeah. Oh, oh, Justin would miss you. Anybody that, that remembers <laughs> Justin from his appearances on the Beer Club show, this man knows how to describe a beer. Oh, there's, there's so much going on in here. There's licorice, there's port notes. Don't, I'll get in the port notes. Anyway, should we... Uh, cheers, cheers. cheers Thank you, Justin. Thank you again. So... I don't know if I said it's 11.5%, so yeah. it's, it's no we're, slouch. We've got nice small ABV beers tonight. But fortunately, it's fit between a few of us. Is it, and it's a small bottle. It's a very small bottle. Mm. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. The aroma is very nice. There's something not quite right. Yeah. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, I suppose we can come to this bit, but for me, it's not quite. Hitting the spot like the first one. No, it's yeah. making me pull face. It is. Yeah. Um, so on, on that, let's get into. Now we're going to do two lots of news yes. this week because we're going to do the, the the news that kind of all happened the week after we stopped recording. About two days after we stopped recording. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, lots happened over the summer, uh, uh, and then we're going to cover off uh, some more free, uh, more recent news. Um, so, uh, and, and in the interest of trying to keep this quite short. Um, I'm going to let everybody have a view on this, but let's try and treat it like a tweet. So, so let's try and keep it to about 140 characters. Okay, so, so here's, here's a roundup of the things we missed this summer. Uh, the Great British Beer Festival. Good or bad? Mixed. See my blog. Okay. In the show notes. Now, you two went, didn't you? So I, again, pointing, yep. not working no. for audio listeners. Martin and Matt, you both went to GBBF. Yep. Uh, Justin we, and, and I, we didn't, we didn't, go, we, we didn't go this year. So I'm only going to be basing my opinions on what I've read from others and, and what I saw on Twitter. But so you guys have maybe got a more 
I've already gone over 140 characters here. Yes. You guys have maybe got a more informed view on, on the festival. My, my view, I, I started, the, the blog I wrote, I started off by saying I was a bit sad. And so I took a few weeks before I wrote it. Still felt a bit sad about it. I'd say I didn't, I didn't, I didn't not enjoy it, but I didn't love it. And my feelings of previous GBBFs over the years, up until the last couple of years, that I'd always loved it. I came away thinking, but I didn't really love it. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to jump to this side of the table now then. Again, pointing, still not working. Um, <laughs> Justin, have you got any views on it having not been? I do. Now, that's surprising. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, it's, one, of, it's one of those things that the GBBF is, when you go, you think, oh, I wish I would have gone... Um, but this year, less so. Even though I did have I did have tickets for the trade session, I wasn't actually unfortunately I was unable to go. Um, but I think what's killing the GBBF is we're now used to the small festivals like Indie Man and Leeds, where it's cosy, it's intimate. There's good beer wherever you go, and it's also about the beer. GBBF at Olympia has a lot of space devoted. To no beer. It's and it's big. I love Olympia as a building. It's just so big. Do we re- now really need um, Oliver Reed t-shirts and funny hats and that sort of thing at beer festivals? Not no. for us, no. But it's good. It's always going to be there. I think, yeah. I think so. But well, that's it's interesting. Even that, I don't mind that sort of store there. But they've got so many space, so much space given over to not the beer. And I think um, I read a very good post today from Bowdoin Bailey. I was going to come on to that, yeah. And that was, again, a really... They'd, they'd obviously, I think they'd done the same as me. They'd taken a bit of time before they wrote it. So there wasn't a... They hadn't sort of spun a load of stuff out. They'd sat back a bit, looked at it, and they'd written a post about what they think, what their feelings were, but also a few points about what they feel may make it better. And I agree with most of it, to be honest. And one of the big things is just the space. And you alluded to it, Justin, by saying about Indie Man and Leeds... Those spaces are a lot more intimate than Olympia. If you're going to, and presumably if you have to, maybe you have to hire the whole of Olympia, then you have to fill it. And they don't seem to be able to fill it all with beer, so they fill it with a lot of other things. But it's cavernous. Mm. And especially when you're going there with people who aren't that fussed about traipsing around, you end up just plonking yourself in one place. And if you aren't going to traipse around, you may be gone for 15 minutes. But the, the Boken Bailey post seemed to sum up a lot of other people's points as well and views because I, I thought it was an excellent but read. It's a, it's a very well reasoned, yeah. um, well, well put out post. Because I mean, we because we spoke about this on the way to, to Leeds on yeah. the train last week, and we were saying some that some of the things that we need need to change. And I think we we mentioned a couple of the things that appeared in that post yeah. in terms of well, if, if you've got brewery bars, maybe they should be bought like manned by staff that actually work for the brewery and so no talking about the beer. Talk to you about the beers. And again, no saying about the smaller festivals, but interestingly, they also included within that the rise of the beer week as well, now being something that's giving people much more choice and option when it comes to how they try new beers. Yeah. And I, I think it was a, a, a very well reasoned post. Yeah, and I agree with what they said that I think the condition of the beer has got better as well. So the actual beers themselves from cask, I would say, even five years ago, could suffer from being overvented not looked after, not cared for quite so nicely. But I found all the beers I had, it wasn't so, it wasn't so much about the beers. 
And you went on the Saturday, right? I went to the Saturday afternoon, which has got to be one of the most popular dates. So when did you go, Matt? Did you go to the trade I went session? to the trade session, yeah. yeah. And what, what were your thoughts from there? Trade day is completely different to the rest of the festival, so it's hard to uh, maybe give a true representation of it because I think the trade day is more about meeting friends and industry more so than the festival. I think I do think it is still special. I think it's huge um, for the general public and people that aren't into beer as much as we are. I think it's a good place to go exploring, but I don't think it's a great representation of where the British beer scene is at at the moment. This might be an unpopular choice. I would drop the American beers. I would drop the yes! bar. I would drop the Czech beers. Yes. And I'll put a key keg bar in for English. Beers. Yes. And I don't see why. And and Canberra's views on key keg is changing. And I think surely that's the next step that they need to look at really for that. Well, festival. It is the great British beer festival after exactly. all. So you know, I think that's been said quite a few times. You see, when oh, I've been it. when I've been recently, yeah, one or once or twice. When um, when I've been recently. I'm in a privileged position and I get a trade ticket every yeah. year. So I've been on trade day and as Matt said, it's an industry jolly. You go around, you meet up with the same friends. Now I appreciate that a lot of your listeners don't have that opportunity to go and speak to people. And I've, ne- I've never been on the trade session. No, but what, I've been every other day of the week, every I'm, other session. I'm, I'm sorry to jump in, but what, what I don't think does the industry any good is the day after the trade session, Everybody that's been on essentially a free ticket is bemoaning that festival. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's disgraceful because yeah. you, you go on that ticket, and we, we, I mean, we've all done it. We've all done it. Sat around this table, you know. You, go, you get, we get sent stuff, we yeah. review stuff, and it's like we, we maybe don't give it the best of reviews, or we maybe give it a bad, you know, not a bad time, a hard time. But I, I wouldn't take a free ticket to an event and then do nothing but bitch about that event the following day. I, I'd at least try and find a few positives about it, and and again, make people aware that you've actually been on a freebie as well. Yeah. So it's, f- it's quite good because I, I generally go with my wife and maybe one or two other friends who are not in the industry, and their perspective is what keeps me sane because I, I I don't get mixed up in the melee and the mob around the European beer or the um, American cast beer. They want to go and try different beers, so it does get you away from. From that scrum, it's um, yeah. So probably my view isn't isn't the best view um, to have on that. I don't know if you read Pete Brown's um, blog about it. I did. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very well written post. You could, take, you could take one of two ways. Very good piece of satire. Yes. Very very good piece yes. of satire. It was a very good piece of satire. Okay, well, in, in the interest of the 140 character tweet, how, yeah, about, yeah. how about item number two? Yeah, yeah, we felt drastically well there. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of linked to item number one, which was in, in the days, I think it was leading up to the GBB, I thought it was just the days after, Marble had a massive public falling out with camera over their beers not appearing at, at the GBBF. And it, and it got to the point where both parties had written open letters in industry publications to one another, basically pointing out each other's faults. Um, thoughts, thoughts on this one? Well, I don't really understand how the beers get chosen, and maybe Matt or maybe Justin might be able to tell me, but it never feels like the best British beers are represented anyway. For whatever reason, I, I, I read both posts, but neither of them have stuck in my head, to be honest, because I thought it was a bit tit for tat. But I, I failed to see how Marvel can't be part of the Great British Beer Festival. That's what I struggled with the so, most. So, if I look at that, and Within the last week or so, I think I had the email from camera where you get to start the voting process for the Champion Beer Britain. And you can only vote for beers 
that have come under your region, I think. Yes, you can. Yeah. And really, to be honest, there are, and I come under North Essex, there are some nice beers, but if I had a free open vote of cask beers that I could vote for across the UK, probably none of them would make it. Mm. I and think that's a fair point, yeah. So I should be able to vote for any beers I like. And again, it comes back to Matt's earlier point, probably doesn't represent just the great British beer scene as it is now, which there is a number of great British beers, even just in cask. I think, I think it's madness that Marble weren't represented no. because as a, if you think about cask beer in Manchester, one of your first thoughts after, sorry, kind of some of the big ones like Lees, yeah. who occupy quite a big part of that territory, certainly for, for the likes of four of us around the table, we would instantly think, well, Marble. Marble, Marble are making fantastic beers and they do great cask yeah. beers, but yet they weren't represented at the Great British Beer Festival. So yeah, I thought it was a bit tit for tat, but they should have been there. Yeah. Any views on this one? I'm the same, really, and going back to my original comment. They should have they should have been there, and, and if you drop the others, then there's space for more British breweries to be there. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm with the consensus here. Yeah, no, there's no question that they should have been there. Um, I mean, name calling is not ideal, but there's ways of doing it. But why not? If you can't get, they've tried from what I gather, they tried other methods, and they just weren't being heard. So, call it out for what it is. Yeah, and that seems to be the way of uh, of going at the moment. If you're not happy about something, call it out on social media. Yeah. which we'll come on to in a couple of weeks because we're going <laughs> to be doing centred all around we, we are indeed yeah. so, before um, we move on though can we talk about this beer because I might need something else soon ok cool yeah so. <laughs> not loving it me either see, it, it's quite a struggle yeah I, 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 when I say I'm not loving it I'm probably not finishing it see I'm getting I'm loving it more the further I go down I took a massive gulp of it I must admit just to try and get it and I what, the aroma doesn't match up with the flavour I like it on the nose the nose is lovely, but the aroma, the, the aroma seems to be feeling I'm me. getting really sweet, ticky, sticky toffee pudding in the taste. No, no. With a big lump of ginger in the end, which is really I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of ginger, um, but it's like, that's all I'm it's, getting. It's stem ginger in the end, which yeah. is, it's a odd, it's, it strikes a really odd note. Yeah, there was something at the end that I couldn't pick out. I think that is, that is what it is. Okay, well, we can save some of the, some of the other bits for when we get into the opinions, but I just wanted to see if everyone, where everyone else was, and I'm not, yeah. not loving it. No, me I'm just going to take one, one, one more sweet before I dump it. I'm going to do one of those odd things and put it into a glass and give it away. Do you want the rest of it, Justin? Yeah, I will have some of it. Yeah, 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 uh, the, the next big thing that, that, that kicked off was um, Omnipolo released a, a series of milkshake beers in cans that apparently were getting sold for quite a high premium um, up and down the land. I think they were about 10, 12 quid a can. Um, to an instant feedback backlash on, on Twitter of these beers aren't ready. Their response was to advise bottle shops and owners of the cans to sell them for a month because they weren't ready. No apology made, none given. Has nothing else happened since then? Because It's all gone quiet. Yeah, now I wasn't paying that much attention to it, I had to admit. But the bit I did pay attention to is when they said that bottle shops or people who bought them should just hold on to them for a while. And I thought, well, should you just put them out when they're ready? Yeah. And I think that was what a lot of people commented on was, well... 
you've, you've expected people to pay an absolute premium for these beers, they should be ready when they go out, not to sell them to people and then they've got to essentially do your job for you of finishing them in your fridge. Yeah. Um, what, what do you two think? I completely missed this one, so this is actually the first I've heard of it, so really? I have no comment on it whatsoever. Okay. I don't know where I was at this point. There's obviously for you. <laughs> I must admit, I did, I did see this was, this was all happening while I was away, and I did, I glossed over it a bit. Um, yes, they shouldn't be out when they're ready. I would also argue the same instance with the double ghost ship. Should that have been on there at that night, if it yeah, wasn't I ready? Yeah, just, just, just to meet an event. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. It's some, sometimes it's a it's a braver brewer that says, I'm sorry, I know we've advertised the event just wasn't this, ready. but the beer wasn't ready and we'd rather not put it out. But I had this. Yeah. 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 No, the no, brewery like it's something else. Okay. So, so you, you can, there's degrees, yes, it's probably, there's not quite the same. It was trying to rush for an event and it was slightly under yeah, 10 yeah, it, it, it was one. It wasn't it was one way off. It wasn't only people. Yeah. 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 That was a, a week or so off. It wasn't yeah. a month and you brewed a huge batch and it was in a can. And I only paid a fiver for a ticket and got half a pint. Which I'm, I'm very curious to see how cans would sell her anyway. Because the idea about selling a beer is you've got a set amount of oxygen in the beer and the oxygen will react with the beer. There's some oxygen getting out with the cap. Surely a can is a sealed unit, which is why you have tins of food and stuff that keep for a long time. If it's a pasteurised beer, which I believe these beers were, is it going to make any difference? It, it is almost a month on now, so it'll be interesting to see. Anyone, I haven't seen anyone. Maybe maybe we'll commit to having a look on Twitter over the next week. See, see if people are drinking them now. Have a look on tap. Yeah, see, see if they've, see they've improved. Uh, let's do a quick one before we get on to the final one then. So there was a bit of deadline day action as well with brewers um, moving to new breweries. So um, Dave Kerr left Northern Monk uh, to take up a position at Wylam. And then probably the big news of the summer transfer window was Colin Strong moving from Buxton to then occupy that position at Northern Monk. Um, that that one came a little bit out of the blue. Yeah, I, I think that was a bit, thing that was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I was watching Sky Sports News and transfer deadline day, and I didn't see it come up myself. <laughs> what did uh, Harry Redknapp say in the car? At the car window, <laughs> yeah, the car window. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a lovely chap, that boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Play> great wine. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, so did Dave Kerr moving on prompt? Their bid for Colin. I, I don't. I don't know. It's or did their bid for Colin from Dave moving on? Who knows? Who, who knows? Transfer it's, speculation. Uh, it's an interesting move because obviously. Is this know, the first sort of transfer? Transfer that we've got. We've now got to this star of brewers moving around, haven't we? I, I think it. Like, I've, I've maybe such big named brewers in the as, UK as well. I don't think it happens that often. I think let's. Let's be honest, I think Buxton are possibly where they are because of, of, of Colin's time there. Definitely, you, you know, they, were brewing, they were brewing good beers before Colin yeah. arrived, and then all, then all of a sudden they've, they've had years of brewing great beers. Um, and, and now Colin moves on to, to join the ever growing Northern Monk uh, as, as well. It, it leaves an interesting question as to are we going to see changes in those core beers? from those breweries because of these moves and, and these individuals wanting to put their own stamp on, 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 an, on, on a new job. Yeah, I, I'm sure that they will want to and they'll create their own new beers as well to add to the lineup. But it, it, it was interesting that it really did seem to catch a lot of people's attention though. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts there guys? Not really. No. Is, it, is it a money thing? It may well be. <laughs> well, Neymar to PSG. 
Yeah. Is it a money thing? Is it a time thing? Is it working hours? I don't know. I'd, I'd need to know more of the story really before I could have a valid comment. Good luck to good luck to both parties. Really, I'm looking forward to some cracking beers from yeah. both breweries and still from Buxton. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that's the best. Yeah, yeah. that's my main thing. There's still going to be great beers from both. So, and Steve's hoping Axed remains unchanged. I am, I am absolutely. And and then the, the final one is is the one that actually ended up making the the national press um, as, as a result of this and this was the 13 quid pint so it made the sun it, it did make the sun yeah this this was a, a, a tweet from regular listener uh, Katrina um, at, at Katrinas um, who happened to make a comment that she had spotted cloud water on I think it was 13 pound 40 for a pint yeah uh, at the rake in, in Borough Market um, now there's been a hell of a lot said about this song. I don't think we need to don't go need to repeat it, over it. The, the question I want to ask is, who's at fault here? Is it is, is it the rake for selling it as that, at that much? Is it down to, as, as the rake blamed the distributors for, for putting their mark up on it? Um, Cloudwater had a say about it, but it's since come out that Cloudwater have a pricing policy and a minimum buy policy. Or, or is it the punter's fault? Is it our fault for actually paying this much for beer? Now. I'm, I'm going to let one of the guys have a view first of all. Justin and Matt? Oh, I don't think it's anyone's fault. Yeah, all I'm going to say is I must have missed a headline about the house wine costing seven quid a bottle in most bars, so that is me done on that, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I said at the start, if we'd had this story two days after it came out, I reckon we would have hammered it to death. But take a step back with a bit of perspective, three or four weeks on. Died off a little bit, isn't it? Okay. If you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't, don't. The fact that Cloud Water feel they're in a position to do the minimum pricing and minimum order, that's up to them. The rake has always been a bit pricier than some of the other bars around there, in my opinion. And uh, if Punter wants to pay that much, fine. But chances are, you're generally not going to order in a pint anyway. So, yeah. I. I, I, I it was amusing reading it in the sun because they did a bit of a comparison of the top five what turned them at craft beers prices per pint when they did you know the measuring up versus a pint of Ruddles, Carlsberg, Carlin, Rinking, IPA, Dubai, that kind of thing. So they get a bit of publicity to people. So to and all parties involved. Yeah. I, I think as well. What, I mean, what, what did you think, Ian? Um, I'm probably along the same sort of lines of view that it's. Uh, I mean, the rake is a pricey bar anyway. Yeah. So, uh, and because, because I, I first saw it and then I, I retweeted it and I was like, I can't believe that this sort of price is going on. And at that point, I didn't know where it had come from. Um, and it then came out that it was at the rake. And obviously, they then made their statement the following day. But um, I, I just, I, I think sometimes that bars don't do themselves any favours in, in putting the prices up. It, all, all of the prices because like you say you wouldn't drink a pint of 9% double sure, IPA yeah, anyway you'd have to be discouraged them from trying so why advertise it. why advertise it available mm-hmm. in a pint at 13 yeah. quid a pint and let people work out that they're going to have to pay what 6.50 for for half a pint yeah, yeah so for me I would, probably would have handled it a bit more if it had been earlier on but a bit, standing back a bit of perspective I'm probably still not going to pay 30 pound for a pint but I might pay 6 pound 50 for a half or Four pounds saying for a third. I'm sure I had done. I'm, I'm sure I had done. Didn't you get quoted in the morning advertiser? 
Yeah, Steve, um, yeah, he's an all at sea tweet. Yeah. Who knows that? I think they've put a picture, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my moment of fame getting involved in this little spat. <laughs> one thing I did bring out of it, the rake were quite quick to blame everyone else, I did see, particularly their distributors. They came out and said, well, literally, it's not us, it's everything else. Which, if they'd let it blow over and just made a statement, okay, this is how much it costs and blah, blah, blah. It would have been all right, and it's in the sun. It's tomorrow's chip paper. Who yeah. cares? Well, actually, on that, there, one of the interesting points that was made on the evening when it was first tweeted was that Cloudwater actually said, "We've no idea how this bar got our beer anyway because they don't order from us. Mm. So we're currently looking into how they got our beer. So, and that's obviously where the distributor came in that they're buying through a, a third party. Yeah, because they can't do the minimum order, presumably. Yeah. Yeah, so they're having to pay a premium. Well, that's, that's a storage issue, isn't it? Yeah. They don't have the capacity yeah. to store, so they have to do as they can. They piggyback off other people's orders. Is that, and that's the stuff we all missed. That, that's the stuff that we missed. So Before we get to the next beer, Justin. Uh, we're going to go for the Magic Rock. God, <laughs> <laughs> Steve, announce his beer. You may have learned the better grant. Would be no surprise that Steve chose this one this, from this Justin's list. Choice. And when I saw it on the list, I, I had to have it. This is um, an original bottle of Bourbon Barrel Bearded Lady from, from Magic Rock Imperial Brown Stout, ABV 10.5% with the number two on the bottle. So this was the second time they had done one of these big limited bottle releases after the very first Unhuman Cannonball. Will you stop caressing the bottle and it just <laughs> it's so exciting, I can't put it down. Um, let's give it a whirl. I, I'm very excited about it. Why Justin pause that? Let's, let's, let's get into to some of the uh, some of the now news because um, we, we really do need to actually get on to the main part of the show uh, at some point. So uh, first up, uh, Witchwood, uh, they were voted the best brewery in the UK. How? Well done. How? Um, well done. How many awards are there for beer and breweries these days? Okay, this was through an online public vote via holidaylettings.co.uk, which is a subsidiary of TripAdvisor. So, uh, 10,000 votes were cast in, in this particular thing that, that gave which with the name of I've best brewery. I've never seen these surveys. It's like when Channel 5 do their top 20 Star Wars moments. And I go, that's just wrong. 44% of the votes they took in, in that what? as well. Yeah. The people have spoken. It can't have been an open vote. They must have just had a list of them as well. Oh my God. Did you say smell that? Ten, did you say 10,000 people? 10,000 votes were cast. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um, Cave Direct have launched uh, Cast Beer for the first time in their history. They uh, will now be distributing and selling Cast Beer, starting off with Tiny Rebel. Um, so that's that's quite some exciting news. I think it's great news. As, as well. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, coming up soon, we've got uh, the Goose Island London Block Party, um, 23rd of September um, in Shoreditch. Um, this, now, this was quite an exciting one. Uh, last week, um, the guy behind Craft Beer Hour, uh, Tom, has launched um, a thing called Beer by Beer, which is going to be Britain's most extensive beer map. Featuring every brewery, bottle shop, and pub, every festival and tap takeover, every homebrew shop, shop, brew club, and bottle share will also welcome malt makers, distributors, snack product producers, and more. It's an ambitious, it's very ambitious project, ambitious. isn't it? Very ambitious. That's a lot of time. Yeah, 
Um, it's great. The only question I have in my mind is, why? <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea is if you go to visit an area, then you'll you be can able see to what's pick going on. what's going on in that area. And for that, it's indispensable because... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, how many times have you been to an area and go, I'm in, or you see it on Facebook, I'm in so-and-so next week, what do you yeah. what do people recommend? You don't need that with, with there. In fact, while I was away, what I trawled this in, in all three cities, quite an interesting thing to type into Google was craft beer and the city you're in. It's amazing what it brings up. <laughs> yeah. that other people have done the legwork for you. So if you've got that seriously in there, you can just, because I think for what he's doing, he's relying on local input. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to be part of that anyway, um, follow them at Beer by Beer on Twitter. And if you go to his profile page, there's a link that you can go through that you can sign up to, to help him put some, some, some data. Yeah, no, exactly. it, does sound, it does sound really interesting. But it's, it's a I've, I've already signed up on behalf of the Essex Bottle Share so, okay. so that we can get, get listed on there as what we think is the UK's longest running regular bottle share. Well, it is. It is. It's, it's There's no think about it. It is. Yeah. We and, are. The, and the UK's longest running podcast appears every time. It, it does. At least one of us does. Yes. Uh, at, least. Well, at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, final bit of news, uh, and, and then we'll, we'll give this beer a go. Um, so, the, for the second year in a row, um, Temple Tantrum are running a homebrew competition for the Manchester Coffee Festival, uh, which is on the 4th of November. Uh, prize is a brew day at Alphabet of Flat White and a £100 tab at the Brewery Tap. Open to any kind of beer using coffee or coffee byproduct. Limited to 20 entrants but free to register. So if people are interested in having a go at that, there'll be a link in the show notes um, to, to where you can find out more about that. And that's the up-to-date news. We're done. We, we, are, we are done. We are closing on an hour into this week's show. <laughs> well, we, we're just about to mention as well, Roger Prop's giving up editing of the Good Beer. Oh, of course, yeah. Yes, that, yeah. That, 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 that came, came in today. Yeah, that was something uh, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. a lot of people... And not retiring. Yeah. He's, he's not retiring. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's come out today. Did you see... Really? Uh, <laughs> Very much in favour. <laughs> let's let's continue that. Before. Very much continue that thing. Um, in favour of um, craft keg being at beer festivals. That's that's the worst pause ever. ever. The worst pause ever. Yeah. Um, should we try? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I am so excited about about trying this. Cheers. 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 This smells lovely. Bit of vanilla ice cream. Anyone else? I've got soy. Um, mm. okay. Coconut. I've got loads of coconut in the. Don't say that. What are you trying to do to me? Sherry, coconut. We had. Let's say marzipan next. We had a coconut bearded barrel age lady, or whatever it's called, at the um, at the Prince, and that was that was delicious. Mm. It's incredibly soft. Yeah, it's it's really smooth. For me, I mean, I know there's no discernible nuts in it or anything but it tastes like a Snickers bar I think it'd have to be a dark chocolate Snickers bar there's it's certainly yeah. a heavy coat of dark chocolate on that it's, it's really interesting I mean I'm, I'm struggling to remember because when, when I had my one of these that, that I bought back in 2013 it was at almost at the beginning of my journey into beer and I didn't realise you could look after beer for more than four or five weeks and <laughs> I, I, I drank it quite quickly, so it's probably a very different beast to what it was 
back in back in 2013 when it was launched. See, I think I remember reading something that um, Rich Burr said not to age this beer, um, but to drink it there and then. Which this is, one, yeah, that surprises me. Which, considering it had a wax seal on the cap, I was quite surprised. Yeah. And made me put it away. That's exactly. So you did the opposite. Yeah, indeed. Just because, why have you said this? I want to give it a go. Oh, I'm enjoying it. I'm getting a slight alcohol burn. It's 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 later. When I was first drinking, I was like, oh, the the alcohol burn's not there. And then it's as I'm talking now, it's coming back. Yeah. I think where where the wax seals on it, that's obviously taking out a lot of the oxygen going in, or certainly considerable amount. So this is probably, if you've got one of these knocking around, I don't suppose there's many left actually, um, keep it for another couple of years, although this is tasting pretty damn good at the moment. Oh yeah, it's really it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so drinkable. Um, but that leads us nicely. Opinions, 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 opinions. Okay, so we uh, were asking this week about celery and beers and um, we, we, we struggled to come up with the exact wording for this <laughs> because initially we were like do you know what you're doing when, yeah. when it comes to celery <laughs> why do you do it why bother or all the rest of it and in the end we, we, we settled on um, do you buy beers with the intention of celery or aging them uh, with, with a simple yes or, or no response um, to, to this one so we had 349 votes this week Okay. Uh, for one of the closest polls that we've, we've ever run. So 48% of people saying yes, 52% of people saying no. So it's a very, very close on on the, the, the views there. So before we get into people's um, comments, uh, we're going to bring Justin into his own uh, at this point, because obviously, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we've we've kind of raided your cellar for these um, but you do know how to keep a beer indeed well um, how have you got to this how, how do you know when to keep a beer when not to keep a beer how do you keep your beers is there any art or is it just guesswork or magic I think um, there is a bit of guesswork involved you're not going to be sure how every beer is going to keep um, there's a few beers that you know about. There's a beer coming up a, bit, a little bit later, I won't spoil it, that's a classic for um, ageing. Uh, well known, keep this for a long time. Um, the Sierra Nevada um, Bigfoot Barley Wine, I've had other earlier incarnations before, but I've read that they keep and drink well around about the four, four and a half to five years. So I was intrigued and I'm very pleased that Matt, Matt chose it actually because it was. Um, it proved rather well. But generally, if you have um, a beer that's got quite a bitter malt character or um, is quite hot alcohol-wise, they're ideal. So anything that's boozy, they're ideal for keeping because those flavours will mellow. Um, things that won't keep well are, well, depending on your point of view, things with um, spicy character up front that are made to be drunk spicy, um, I love um, Stingy Jack or Stingy Jack oh. after about two years because actually all that cinnamon is gone. What about the pumpkin? Yeah, the, the, the fruitiness is still there oh. with, with the malt and actually it's quite a, 
quite a nice it's quite a nice beer but I, I, I'm not keen on it before that um, so anything with big hop character up front won't keep um, with the exception being this this barley wine um, and anything with subtle spices that are meant to be drunk like that now you can let those fade into the background if you want to and sometimes they come back I mean smokiness is um, we had the Alaskan smoked porter that you remember at the Bob Share fairly recently I think James brought one, brought one down but that's the smoke goes comes and goes apparently in that beer I've got a few of those that I'm trying but as a general rule anything over um, 8% um, dark beers um, although Duvel keeps particularly well for three years although I won't go beyond that so pale, pale beer beers go well um, saisons strong saisons braggarts barley wines old ales stouts imperial stouts porters wee, heavy, wee heavies icebox all those sort of things are pretty good beers to put away and actually it's just a question of giving it a go buy a lot and pull it out every now and then to see if it's going just buy a few and give it a, give it a chance that, that was my next question so I could probably have guessed a few of those stars that you mentioned there there's a few which surprised me but there's a few stars there we could probably all guess we'll put them away but how do you know when to get the sweet spot before and you know the JW leaves the second beer we had that gone yeah that wasn't tasting that was slightly nice. over there it's gone over the edge yeah. so how do you know when to go so you save this beer for ages you know a bit like your mum and dad used to have best cutlery for when the queen might turn up never gets bloody used so how do you know when to put that beer out there's a couple that you go, that's going to last, and you know it's going to last time. Certainly the stronger ABV ones, although except for the JW Lees, that clearly, and, and, and see that could not, that could be this particular bottle, it could be the way it's been kept prior to me getting it. I don't know, there's yeah. lots of factors that I've not got any influence over. So it could well be that someone else has got exactly the same bottle, pulls it out and it's perfect. Because the aroma betrayed nothing of, of what was there. The aroma was beautiful. Yeah. Both portrayed nothing as what was in what was in there. Um, generally, I won't touch them at all for three years, and then if I've got a few, I'll pull one out, see how it's doing, where are the flavours going. I've taken note. I've got books at home. How they're doing? Where's it going? If I've got a few, keep it for a bit longer. But mainly four or five years for a strong beer. Ten, nine, ten, eleven percent is about right four to five um anything if you start going over six you're taking your life in your so what about the fullest yeah. vintage ales which cost two three four even five hundred pounds now uh, and are now over well coming up they're 20 years now aren't they 20th anniversary of them. the thing Those is though ones. they've got pedigree so well, i don't want that I don't you want know that, that you're keeping it you you know they're going to age well i'm not even going to be drawn on master's pedigree with that one. <laughs> They have got, they've got history. Yeah, effectively, you can you can do that. So you're going to keep them, but it's all a matter of keeping them. I mean, if you keep them in a fridge, don't. Um, it will dry out the beer. Don't keep your beer in a fridge um, for longer than a year. Just don't do it. Um, keep them in. See, I keep mine. I have a brick shed, and I keep them in boxes, separate from each other, off the floor. Temperature range roughly between 14 and 8 degrees. Um, that's probably my temperature variant throughout the year. And out of the sunlight. 
Just don't it, touch it. Just, just so I can make a note. Is there a lock on that bridge shed? <laughs> there is. Yeah. Key code. <laughs> Fingerprint. No, not quite. Retina scan. Yeah. Uh, not quite. And upright. Very much. Keep your bottles. Don't lay your bottles down. I used to have... Um, I used to lay my Cantio bottles down. And I think we had a conversation oh, online. You see, there's, there's a certain argument that you can do... But do they do the same as wine and start turning You them? need to start turning them. Because with old wine bottles, you actually someone is employed in those sort of cellars to turn the bottles. Because there's an argument that keeping the cork wet is better for the beer, right? Not, but that's. But I, I have now changed. I've got all my Cantillon upright. Cantillon's five percent, and they age for fifteen to twenty years, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of bottles of Cantillon which are supposed to be drunk after I retire. <laughs> See, there's there's a really common misconception that the longer you age a beer its ABV will increase. Well, that's complete bollocks. I mean, it may change, fluctuate slightly, but it's not going to change. I mean, it's going to change by a point of a degree. So the ABV is unaffected by no. all the other things that can happen. It's yeah. not going to go up by a massive amount. That won't affect it at all. No, but not by any stretch of the imagination. So there's no point even even thinking, oh, well, if I, it's 11% beer by the time I get it, Back, it's, it's, it's going to keep it five cents. It's going to be twenty five percent. It's going to blow everyone's head. That's not going to happen. So don't even try that. What will what you will get from aging beers is um, it will bring characteristics out that you didn't know were there. Um, you could find fruit esters coming through. Um, you could find sherry nuts. Sherry and pork nuts are quite common, particularly in um, darker malt beers. And it's just experimentation. And just I mean, if you find like the beer that the beer we're drinking at the moment, part of the fun is in the discovery. It's opening it up and going. Oh, yeah. So speaking about this one, what did this was one you really wanted to taste, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah, and I, I'm loving it. So not disappointed. Not not disappointed. Um, I wish I wish I knew what I thought of it back in 2013. Because um, I've just gone back on to. To, to my untapped and it was uh, it was one of my beers of the 12 beers of Christmas uh, and my untapped thing simply said review coming soon so <laughs> I, I imagine <laughs> I wrote or spoke about that beer in something else in, in, in something else back then so um, from what I can remember it, it, it does taste like a completely different beer when, from when I had it the first time though. so from what you're saying Justin if we go back to the question you do buy beers with a complete intention of selling them and aging them. I do. Yes. What about you, Steve? Um, I've started to with, with, with some beers now. So, but mine is more with the intention of them making an appearance on a 12 beers of Christmas <laughs> at some point. Hence why I've currently got about 18 to 20 bottles that are just sat in, in my cupboard waiting to be chosen as one of the chosen 12. Yeah, so I've got a picture of like a football team being picked at the moment. <laughs> Where did you go? Because yeah. I used to, when I used to like do the um, beer o'clock show, I used to see you and I used to see um, Mark's beers that he had stored on his shelf, open to the light, in a warm room. It used to make me blanch, really. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my living are covered in my kitchen. Um, and they are, the, the, the cupboard does eventually go back to an outside wall. So the ones that are at the very, very back are the ones that I'm just aging for an unknown point in the future. Right, so yeah. the ones furthest away. 
I mean, so yeah. it's probably the kitchen has is the room in the house that has the highest temperature fluctuation. Yeah. In any room. It's also the only room which you probably have that sort of cupboard generally. Mine, that's, mine's that's, in my kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Mine's in my kitchen as well. So, you know, your wardrobe is fine. Back of your wardrobe with an outside, with an outside wall. Absolutely. My Although, wardrobe backs onto next door though. Next door's wall. So I have to switch the wardrobe around. But it's worth doing for my beers. It would, it would, it would sound. Sounds and up. when I get, when we get the kitchen done in the new house, the yeah. cupboard we're designing, that will back outside. Mine's under the stairs. Yours is in full display. They are, the but I think it's you're, just you're dark enough. We haven't raided that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like a classic IKEA shelf, record sort of shelf, with books and beers. But I think it's cool enough. That's a, certainly the, the coolest place. No, in my spot. house, it's shaded as well, and it is it? shaded. Yeah. yeah. So do, well, you, do you buy beers to age in there? No, 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 so not, so not intentionally. Your, how do your beers end up under the stairs then? Uh, what denotes a stair under the stair? What denotes a Harry Potter beer then? Your it's in just your house. I think. Don't be the house. I don't purposely <laughs> buy them. Like, I don't purposely buy them to age. It just kind of happens by accident a little bit. I think. So. Sometimes I think, oh, you know. I'll buy that for a special occasion, and then either that special occasion doesn't really come, or I'll kind of forget about it when the occasion does come. And it ended up just being there for ages. So uh, if, if I am buying beers like that, it will definitely be stronger and darker beers. Like I'll go to the point of like these really hoppy like dippers and parallels and IPAs. I'm not even that fussed by, by, about buying those in bottles and cans. I'd rather have it on draft. Um, so I would. Certainly never age those, but I don't even really buy those to drink in at home. I think when I drink at home, it usually is stronger, darker, um, and they just end up sitting there for a while just because I buy them when I see them and then just don't get around to drinking it. So although the, there is some stuff down there that's aged, it's not intentionally So you're there. an unintentional yeah. cellaring person. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I do what Steve does. So like once I have it and I do see them, I think, okay, well, that does last a bit longer. That will go to the back. I'll get a little bit OCD about it and start changing okay, it around. So when we go around Max next, we need to go to the back of the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Sorted. That's all the secrets out today. Yeah. <laughs> so something I've noticed, it's, it used to be really easy to pick out beers that I wanted to sell and I wanted to age. But with the predominance of pale ales and IPAs and the big dippers coming through, it's, it's harder to find those beers because if I go into beer shop, quite often... They're front and centre. Look, here's our big beer range. I mean, we're here tonight. Almost said where we were. We're here tonight, and it's all fresh. I couldn't find a beer on that shelf, even though there's probably 50, 60 beers out there that I would age. Which, once upon a time, I would pull one out without any problem at all. It's probably the only one I would have seen, the Tilkin. Yeah. There is a couple of beers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if Maybe the XX bit. I'm, I'm thinking of yeah. UK breweries. Oh, I don't think there's anything there. It's all fresh. Yeah. Drink yeah. fresh as fuck. Hops in your face. Which you just don't want to age that. It's, it's interesting though, because what with the onset of the popularity of the can as, as, as well, and this is something that I, I have had some discussion on Twitter over the summer, I, I don't think a, a, a canned stout necessarily has the body and the feel that you get from from a bottle so just just this week we've seen the release of uh, i suppose the offspring of the beer that we're drinking at the moment magic rock have, have released another version of 
bearded lady a, a dessert edition of it um, in 330ml cans. Um, I'm less tempted to age those because I'm because I don't tend to age them, mate. Because well, it's a can. Maybe and, in six months. And I'm just I'm still not at that stage yet where I, I think aging a can is a good thing. Well, I think Justin already touched upon it with well, he went a bit sciencey, didn't he? And if you're not getting any sort of oxygen to it, does it does it develop the same way as a as, as a beer in a bottle? And the jury's out, I think it's too early to say because can technology we don't we don't possibly a year know. into it aren't we yeah mm -hmm. so you know if you, if you think about the first big dark can releases again would have been magic rock with with the early bearded ladies or the um imperial salt salt water the beaver town one oh there's some there's some us there's a, couple of yeah. old, a couple of years old now yeah and so I, I know i've got one of one from a couple of years ago now but i i had one recently it wasn't that much of a discernible difference i still enjoyed it but it didn't feel like it changed I just want to say this is the um, biggest pour we're, we're getting tonight mm. and it's probably the quickest drunk, which yeah, is very interesting. Final thoughts on, on, on that building, because we have all drank We've all it. finished it. I, I really, I, to be honest, I'd sort of forgotten it was a, a cellared older beer, to be honest. Yeah. I just found it a really drinkable beer. And if I hadn't, if you'd blind tasted me, I probably would have gone six or seven percent. Yeah. yeah. I would have pitched it as high as it was. It's really mellow and soft. I think one of the reasons I sell a beer is, and, um, and it is for the, is to share, because pulling out it, it's an event to pull out a beer that you've kept in your cellar, you've nurtured for a period of time, to share with people that appreciate good beer. It's almost like passing round the cigars, or at the end of an evening, or a well cellared wine. It's it's a social event. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. I'm, I'm sorry we couldn't find anyone to help you with that one tonight. Well, <laughs> that's what I do with Essex Massive. Essex Massive don't I? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, shall we? Uh, shall we? I'll pass you the one I'm, yeah. I chose. So, do you want to do this or do you want to do the control? The control. Listen, I think we should do this one because I have a question that kind of links. Okay, so we've got we've got a bit of a joke for what we're throwing in now. No one chose. A curveball. Well, I, I did. Put, I brought along yeah. as a bit of fun. So, okay. um, interesting, interesting. We're, we're, is this a good time to start saying what the viewers? We, we, we can, yes. yeah, why, why Justin's pouring this? Let's, let's go through a few of the comments, because I think a lot, a lot of what people said is going to lend itself to what we've been saying, specifically about the dark beers. Yeah, so there's, there's one, of the, one of the comments, actually. Somebody mentioned um, White Hags Blackpool, which, do you remember when we had that, uh, the Irish Embassy? It was yes. tasting very hot. Now that would give me a key indication that that's an ideal beer to sell. We found that as well, though, didn't we? When yes. we drank that on the uh, the Irish beer report that we did, yeah. that we said we didn't think it was because it, we had it pretty much fresh. It was too fresh, and we said it was too fresh, and yeah. we actually we've got a bottle tucked away. Yeah. So uh, maybe that maybe we'll pull that out soon. Actually, and do that was that us deliberately cellaring? Right, so well, let's move that around a bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was yeasty. All of a sudden, I realised. I went to the went to the brewery. I thought, this just did a tom there. Yeah. Um, so, um, okay, you, you you pour the beer. So like let's, let, let's talk about the beer first, and then we go into some of the yeah. wine. So we've got. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let you introduce. This okay, one. this is a Colonel um, IPA. 7.4% uh, 
from I think this is from 2012 2011 it's um, Stella um, Stella Hop single hop which of course is no longer called Stella Hop it's now the Ella Hop now this is a control beer it should be a beer of an example that why you shouldn't age hoppy beers now off the aroma who's getting Cheers. a malt who's getting a malt bomb <laughs> yeah. I'm getting barley wine off the aroma it's reminded me of beer number one yeah Oh, me a bit of See, this was the chance I was taking with a 7.4% kernel because kernel, this 7.4% is right on the threshold. And for the amount of yeast that kernel put in, this could have gone what this could go one of two ways. You, you know it's it's lost its hot characteristic, but it's still got a really bit of finish to yeah, it. I really like it. This is <laughs> bloody <laughs> delicious. Incredible. <laughs> so let's just have a little look at the bottle here because obviously they always say drink fresh on their bottles, don't they? Uh, it's incredible. Best three four, 2011 13. So it's in 2012. Beer. Best part of four years. Yeah. So we're drinking. So this is year. That's best before. So it's a five year old beer. Because that'd be a year. That's when Cuddle put in a year on this. Bottle condition, store outright, pour gently. Justin. Yeah. If you prefer to leave your yeast sediment inside the bottle. So I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not getting that fresh hot thing, but I'm getting this like sort of fizzy. Fruit sweet, yeah, and about it's it. really sweet yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. So it's it's quite it. fruit juice. I think yeah. it's quite similar to the first one. It's got almost that style. It's chewier than the first one. It's, yeah. it, is, it is a bit yeah, chewy. Maybe a little bit more cloying, but that's because we probably got all the yeast in the glass as well. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I could have bought, um, I've got some very old, old beers that are bottle condition that would have been awful. But this had a chance of going one of two ways, and I think actually, this isn't. An IPA anymore. You couldn't define this as an IPA. I wouldn't be no. able to say that's an IPA. No. However, blind tasting. It's no it's changed into something rather it's, special. It has so that's going to be interesting then, in terms of when we come to check this beer in on untapped. How are you going to score this beer? Because you can't score on style because it's no longer that style. I never score on style. You always score on flavour. I, I just score how it is untapped. So that's that's easy for me. I will never invite Justin again. No. Because yeah. untapped. How did you let that happen? So, Justin, so my question before we open this, because I was, I was actually expecting this to go horribly wrong, this beer, and obviously it hasn't. But, like, one reason that I don't purposely buy beers that age is because, one, they usually look a bit more expensive. So I want, I want that. If I'm paying a lot of money for it, I don't want to take that gamble. And there is a gamble with Asian beers, right? Indeed, yeah. So what, as a percentage-wise, as a guess, what do you reckon? Do you lean more before that it actually works to age it or doesn't work? the gamble I've been very lucky that actually I would say probably on balance over the last few years that's been one of the JW Lee's has been one of the worst beers I've opened okay. um, I'm quite lucky I, I think I keep my beers very well I think that's lucky I mean if you, you you've had the beers that I bought along to bottle share um, yeah the brewery off one, yeah. shut a bottle share down yeah um, but I've, I've just I've just been lucky. I think I tend to hit it, but I think it's intuition. You think this beer's ready, this beer's not, and sometimes I gamble, and it generally pays off. So I haven't got that in my locker. I don't think I've got the intuition bit yet for cellaring beers. See, I can go. I don't think I let this beer go anymore. I've got to drink it out. See, I went through those those brewery beers that I had um, and brought them all out. Bang, bang, bang. Now I. To be honest, I knew the tart would go a lot, a lot longer. 
um, because of the style of the Flemish reds last forever, but you've got to be careful with the brewery um, for the, uh, the Flanders beers because if it's not well brewed, it'll end up being just vinegar. It'll turn into more vinegar quite quickly. But I knew that would last a while, um, but I thought I'm drinking through the breweries, go and just bang, knocks them all out. Because I bought them around about the same time, and I bought them December about four or five years. Planning. It's almost like, it's almost like we started the bottle say just to hit Justin's sweets. I mean, the first beer that so I bought. Five, it's been good for us, though. Yeah. The first beer that I bought to the bottle share was a um, stone, a barley wine that, that I'd had for, stout. yeah, imperial yeah. stout, I think, that I'd had for um, five years, and it almost hit around about five years prior to the bottle share. That's not bad, yeah. Yeah. So come on, we need, we need, yeah. we need the opinions of it. We, we, we do, let's go through some, some of people's comments. So it's a Graham, at Graham. Um, I had a bit of to and fro with Graham because he was saying that he, he does sell a beer, so I was actually trying to get some views on whether he, he does them intentionally or not. So this is this is quite a long one. This is a number of tweets put together. Um, he does, uh, but I'm not confident that I know which beers to age, so I end up drinking them. At least that's my excuse for a lack of willpower. I guess a history of successful aging would make me confident, but I'm sure I've had a few that taste a bit too funky for my liking. I guess I just went for stouts. I have these aging at the moment, but I don't know how long I can resist their charms. So kind of a little bit of a little bit of guesswork going on um, there, um, but also <laughs> and, and there's a bit of a theme through quite what quite a lot of people said a lack of willpower yeah. when you buy a beer and you just can't resist it because it just it just sounds so good. Um, Ian Sutton at Ian Sutton Twelve only for certain empty stouts. Some beers I buy nowadays from certain breweries seem to have to be drunk within four weeks to be at their best. Now that's an interesting. Well, that's um, become a lot more prevalent in the last six to twelve months, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Drink fresh, drink now, drink yesterday. Beers that's, definitely come up. That's why it's, I, I find it harder to find beers to um, to age at the moment. But that comes a little bit back to what we were saying earlier on about in, in the stuff we missed over the summer about the Omnipolo beers. Are breweries putting beers out too, too soon? Yeah. Maybe that's a show in itself that we'll, we'll cover in a, in, in, in a few weeks. Let's invite Mark Johnson on that one. Because he did well, a post about licking hops, didn't he? I'm sure there's no uh, shortage of people that would want, it, want to come on that show. To be honest, with a brewery like Omnipolo, there's not really an excuse, is there? No. No. Indeed. Uh, Kevin McLean at KJO2MCL. Yes, usually big stouts. Again, bit of a theme. People just tend to go for the, the dark stuff. Uh, problem is that I will never know when the best time to crack them open is. Always hope I haven't missed the sweet spot. So, which is what uh, asked earlier. Yeah. Discussion that we were just sweet spot, with, isn't it? Justin, do, do you know when it is? And if not, how do you kind of work it out when the sweet spot is? Um, Pete Hat Hoops and Hops. Yes, Imperial Stouts. Again. Not those with crazy shit in, drink them before the crazy shit fades too much and lambics get tucked away. So, Justin, is, is, is that something that when, when you've got a big impy stout that's got a lot of adjuncts in it, aging them, you're going to lose all those other flavours? Not necessarily. Generally, um, there are a few characteristics that won't disappear. Um, I'm surprised, actually, that how much the, the, the bourbon faded in that in that beer because that's generally a flavour and certainly the vanillins in oak will carry on throughout those vanilla flavours will carry on um, coconut is another flavour that doesn't seem to dissipate 
but anything with spices and hops. Yeah, unfortunately, Martin, that 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 tends to carry on. But anything with um, spices or any certainly big hop character, um, they tend to be flashing the pans and go fairly fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, it depends how you want to drink the beer. If you've had one, you go, you know what, I don't like the cinnamon up front. Give it six months, it'll go. It's interesting because I've seen um, people will know that I'm not a massive fan of Christmas beers, um, and every yeah. time I start bitching about them at Christmas, there have been a few people say, actually, if you leave them a few years, all that flavour just dies off, and what you're left with is is the underlying beer that is really, really good. Yeah, the, the, the point away from the beer though. Yeah, but depends. Yeah. It depends. The thing is, though, on a low ABV beer, it's just pointless because you're just going to be left with a base beer. And well, the, I, I did put point? my bottle of the, the, the one that never really overdoes it with the um, with the Christmas spices and flavourings and that is the Shepherd Mean Christmas Ale, and, and I did put my annual bottle of Freebie uh, away last year and didn't drink it with the with the sole intention of drinking it this year to see if, if just giving it a year change that beer at all so okay. and that might, might be quite nice to do because that's an annual release so it'd be interesting to get a bottle of this year's one and do it side yeah. by side as, as well um anyway coming back to comments um guy miller at uh brew guy underscore uh fresh is best for me and even the dark side if brewer wishes to barrel age i let them decide a length and barrel type to use so that's an interesting one he's saying that even despite um the beer being already barrel aged in the brewery, if the brewer has decided that's the time to release it, then he's going to drink it there and then. Yeah, but then you might think the brewery's too to release it because they need to free up the space for another beer. Hmm. Sorry, I just took a second <laughs> beer mid sentence there. Um, so I don't think we've actually mentioned what we're so, drinking. So what, now. We, what we drink? So this is this is the one I chose, wasn't it? This was yeah. This is choice. the much famed Thomas Hardy's Ale. Um, this is a 2007 bottle um, coming in at 11.7%. This isn't an Eldridge Pope bottle. This is one that was brewed by O'Hanlon's who took over the um, um, release after Eldridge Pope passed it on. I mean, it's... What am I getting on the nose? It might end up getting marzipan, but maybe I'm wrong. I'll get Twiglets. Yeah, see, I can get Twiglets. <laughs> twiglets dipped in Marmite. No, I'm definitely getting like a like a Marmite. See, there's a beef dripping. Yeah. I'm preferring the flavour to the aroma. I actually really like it. I can say I know like there's a few faces all too short at first. I actually really like it. It's a really chewy umami. I was I was only not meaty. too sure because it's, like, it's a shock, isn't it? It's really sweet. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that yeah. at all. It is. Smooth as hell. It's it is. Uh, I mean, but this is the only one. I mean, this actually tastes its ABV to me. This, this yeah. tastes like a boozy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think this doesn't hide its booze. What yeah. year is this? Which is interesting because it's the oldest beer we've had tonight. What year is so this? This is, this this is two, almost ten years. Two, well, it's two, years ten years old. It's a two thousand and seven. Eleven point seven percent. Yes, it's the strongest beer, but it's. So it's retained, retained those booze in this. Mm. So this is why it's got a good few years on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a, I've got a couple of bottles of this away. So this is the one that everyone like 
age though, wasn't it? Like this yeah, is my most famous. Well, they, they, they do like auctions of this stuff, don't they? Yeah. When, when when I, decades ago. When I first started seeing my wife down in Bath, it was at um, there's a pub called the Crystal Palace in, in um, Bath that was an Eldridge Pope pub. And we should just literally, they just used to sell it, vintages, and used to about bring them out and drink them. Yeah. Little did I know the price that these bottles would would yeah, come on later on. That's they did to Fuller's three years ago. You yeah, could, absolutely. You could pop into yeah. the parcel yard and at the end of the meal have a bottle of vintage ale from 2006 and spend 10 quid. There, there was literally a point with the Fuller's. It was overnight. Where one, and it was, it was overnight. Where one day they were, you could buy them all at a reasonable price. And then the next day, all of a sudden, it was like 200 quid for a bottle. Yeah, yeah. The day after your interview with John Keane. The possibly. <laughs> that's, the effect, that's the effect of the Eagle show had. Absolutely. Um, okay, so a few more comments just to, uh, to, to, to finish up the, 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 the kind this, of... This, this one is one, possibly one of my favourites. Listener interaction. So, uh, Nate Southwood <laughs> at NateDog27. Nope, mostly because if I buy something, I just can't leave it. I have to drink it as soon as possible. Same with food. I've got no crisps left. That's a classic. That is brilliant from, from Nate there. And, and then, um, son of a gun at son of a gun. Uh, yes. And then with the time invested in aging them, it becomes impossible to drink them. Yes. And then you become that, when do I have it? Yeah. It's been there so long now. That's why I'm, all, I'm already considering that. I mean, I, I don't think I've probably got, I don't think I've got a massive seller of beers, but I'm already sitting there thinking, at, look, looking at them and thinking, Will I die before I get to drink all of these beers? Yeah, and then who will have them? Yeah, yeah, I bought them for me to yeah. enjoy. I've so, had this discussion with Michelle, and I've got a few bottles I need to crack open. Absolutely, I mean, you just got to get into them sometimes. But I've had that thought on many an occasion. I go through them and say, will I ever get to drink this? And sometimes it makes me pull a beer out, and sometimes it makes me go, well, I reckon I'm going to live forever. <laughs> be a great fun. <laughs> Justin's going to live, you heard it here. Justin's going to live forever. And if you don't, if you drink solid beer that's preserved for a long time, preserve your liver. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> cool, yeah, this is not a workable theory. And if it doesn't, it'd be a fucking great week. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way, the way, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I need to put in my wheel with. If, if, if at my time of passing there are any beers left in my cellar, they are to be drunk at my wake. <laughs> what a fantastic way. They are to be shared at my wake. And then you open yeah. the cupboard and he's left us green kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, he's We knew he didn't like us. <laughs> um, so some, some great comments there um, from, from the listeners. And again, lots of people getting involved. We can't always read out all of the tweets. Um, I'm very conscious that we have been going on for a long, long time th- this week. Um, let's get some, uh, let's just whiz round and, and, and get some final thoughts on ageing, I think. So, um, Justin, as, as our resident expert, if, I suppose if you had to, um, if you had to give somebody a tip, what, what would it be? Go for it. I think if you've got a, as a, buy a few, age them, go for it, find, get your conditions right, keep it upright, keep it. Um, out the sunlight, keep it off the floor, keep it in a stable environment, but go for it. Buy a few beers, experiment. You got what have you got to do? You got nothing to lose, really, and everything to gain. Excellent, brilliant. Yeah, if I've um, got nothing to add to that, no, so, no, neither have I. Matt already said he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> beat anyone. If people have got questions that they want to fire at me, I'm on a, at 1970s boy on Twitter. I've been doing this a while. Yeah, I'm no expert, but 
give me a go. I've been at least I've got some experience doing it. Yeah, don't ask me instead. No, I'd, I'd, and I'll take Justin up, Justin up on that offer as well. If you if you are looking to start a seller or if you've got some questions about what's already in your seller, um, get in touch with Justin. I'm you sure might get the world's longest answer, but you'll yeah. get the answer you need. I, I, I can do specifics. <laughs> well, uh, um, but yeah, if you want to know what to age or some advice, I, I'm more than happy to dispense it. So what was your favourite of the four? So take the Kermel out, which was the, the wild card. At the four... Beers we chose. What was your favourite? Uh, Bourbon Barrel Bearded Lady. Okay, Matt. I think this one mainly because I'm getting like the aged flavours. Okay, I, I, I something a bit different. Yeah, I think this one. Yeah, Justin. I'm really torn between the Bigfoot and this. I think the Bigfoot was everything that I hoped it would be at that point. I think that's spot on be drinking now so if you've got a 2013 Bigfoot I didn't drink it but this is so lovely I mean I've drunk the Hardy's really quickly which is the one I wanted and the one I chose but I think the Bigfoot for me the Bigfoot was really nice really enjoyed that and it was probably the biggest surprise mm-hmm. that's a nice mix of yeah yeah, yeah. I think we, it was a nice mix it was a quite a different mix we chose didn't we yeah. 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 I think the aroma for me was the JW yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're in it all to shit after that <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and final thoughts on the, the, the Thomas Hardy then? It's gone. Yeah, okay, so you really enjoyed it. I did actually really enjoy it. it was, the, the Bigfoot is my big, it was probably the biggest surprise, but I'm not disappointed by the Hardy's Ale in any shape or form. It's, I've, I found it very, very sweet. It's, it's very, very sweet. I think yeah. you need to, you need a few sweets of it almost, don't you, to acclimatise. Mm, yeah. I think the, the Hardy's ideal in front of a huge roaring fire in the winter. Feet up, snow falling, looking outside. I think this is your beer. Plate cheese with that as well. (laughs) (laughs) My old man bought me a bottle when I was born in 1986. It was meant for my 18th birthday, forgot about it. Then went on to the 21st, forgot about it. Then it was meant for my 30th, still didn't have it. So I'll get to when I'm 40 if I make it that far. That will be the beer that I have in my 40th. Well, yeah, I've, I've got a bottle of Intergel from Fuller's to share with Michael when he hits 18, and I'm really hoping he doesn't like it. It's all mine. I hope my old man don't want this bit. None of my beer. <laughs> it's all mine, mate. Yeah, it's smaller than the Intergel as well. It's half the size. I think mean, that's about it, isn't it? I think that's about it. Yeah, um, I think Bitter and Link, this is going to be back next week because yeah. it's obviously the first show of a, of a new season. So uh, if you do want to get involved in the show, send us any questions, comments, or anything you want us to chat about. Use the hashtag opinions and we will find it. Um, probably worth mentioning uh, a massive thank you to Licorice, yeah. uh, where we've been recording this week's show. Yeah. And it's a, it's a venue that we're going to start recording at a bit more. Yeah, it's going to become our studio, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. So um, thanks to the guys for that. And just to say as well that next week we'll be running uh, a first birthday giveaway competition that, that's based on stuff that you've heard this week. So you, so you had to have paid attention. You are going to have had to have paid attention to this week's show to answer next week's question to potentially win a prize. Exactly. <laughs> so the most complicated quiz, prize, competition ever that we're trying to run Probably right the easiest now. question. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and just to, to mention finally, we are, for those people that have been um, badgering us about um, some new merch, we are currently running a new t-shirt campaign. There's a link to that in the show notes if you want to get one. Um, Obviously, it's got a, a number of days left on it. 
so um, people need to get in and order those t-shirts before the campaign closes. Um, do not moan if it does not hit the minimum order and you don't get a t-shirt. Oh, exactly, don't moan. Don't tell, talk to us about it. Yeah, um, because many times people have requested it, so we're running it, it's out there. Um, and again, the artwork by the amazing Clayton. Exactly, um, and, and thank you very much. Director, yeah, thanks for that. So, uh, next week, what are we doing next week? We know what we're doing, we don't even know what we're doing next week. No, we've no, no it's a surprise. It's a show. <laughs> um, but we're recording every week again. Probably be shorter than this week's. Uh, don't say that. No, but it probably will. <laughs> so how long, what, where are we at? How long was that show? Uh, where we're at right now, we're at about, um, just gone over the hour and a half mark. So if you had like a nice bottle at the beginning, you aged it, it's probably about right to drink it now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate <laughs> yeah. during the I show. Think you summed that up. You, <laughs> oh, you, this you, is you probably know. not a drink along show. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Let's um, on that note. On that note, final comment, uh, Matt. Where can people find you again? Uh, Half pint gin. Uh, come down to Dawson Beer Day, twenty third. Have a beer with me at Forty Foot Beer, uh, Forty Foot Brewery. Yeah, tweet me, tweet back. Excellent, great stuff, Justin. Um, at nineteen seventies boy. Get beer, drink beer, blog spot, soon to be resuming soon. About time. Um, yeah, after, um, unfortunately, burglary and breaking um, bits and bobs, but back on the road. And most evenings at the Spread Eagle in Brentwood. Oh, and people know where to find us. I think so by now. As well. So on that note, uh, we'll be back next week. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's yeah. been a, a great first birthday show. Justin, thank it's you once again. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, very nice to see you guys. Cheers, guys. Happy birthday.